0: This portion of The Fred and Jeff Show is brought to you by Barker-Morrissey Construction and Power Women Investing.
1: Hey, good morning, everybody. This is The Fred and Jeff Show. This is Fred Ronstadt. I'm here with my little brother, Jeffrey.
0: Hola, Tucson. We are
1: celebrating the people, the places, events, history, and culture that make living in Tucson and Southern Arizona. So gosh darn wonderful. That is exactly right, Fred. And we invite people to visit us at FredandJeff.com. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and even subscribe to this tome of wisdom and entertainment on iTunes. And TuneIn Radio. And Podcast Addict. Podcast Addict. <laughs> podcast addict.
2: Come
0: on, yeah. you gotta add it took me like a year to get you to, to put in TuneIn Radio. Now you gotta add podcast addict. Because it's no, is... I, I
1: prefer you saying that than me.
0: Well, okay, Much that, better. you have to say all the last names, so I get it. Oh. I totally get it. But dude, podcast addict is is my new favorite app because it's a lot easier to find things on podcast addict. Um, I mean, I got all kinds of crazy stuff on here. Serial, that new the the this American Life that that podcast series that they do. Yeah. Serial, the one about uh, Bo Bergdahl, super easy to find there. Yeah. Documentaries, NPR yeah. goofy stuff, yeah. Daily Motivation, Freakonomics Radio, and of course the Friend Jeff Show. They're all there, baby, and it's super duper nationally duper. syndicated programs. Yes, including the Friend Jeff Show. We're internationally syndicated. Now, does syndicated mean that you someone has got to pay you or they pay you to put them on their radio station?
1: There's money involved in some way.
0: Okay. So, well, there's money involved here. Yeah. And, and folks, of course, there's so much going on in Tucson. I mean, there is gobs and gobs and gobs. So much stuff going on this fabulous Sunday, March 13th. The weather, it's absolutely beautiful outside. And speaking of money. Oh, boy. Here we go. Hey, that's the same ukulele I have. You owe me twenty bucks. You were gonna sing a song. Oh,
1: Jeff owes me twenty
0: bucks. (laughs) Okay, play one chord on that thing. One chord. It's
1: actually not in tune, but. Well, it. Go ahead. That's a chord. What chord is that? Uh, Jeff owes me twenty bucks. Minor.
0: (laughs) (laughs) All right, folks. If you were the seventh annual Running with the Irish 5K in the Green Isle Mile this morning. Welcome to the Fred and Jeff show. There's so many things going on today. There's the Festival of Books. Festival. Well, that's the low-hanging fruit.
1: Well, yeah. Ford's on 4th. Right now, I, just, I was just down there. There's there's literally close to $5 million worth of vehicles on 4th Avenue right now. Really? One, one race car alone was like $3.1 million. That's the, crazy. The Jim, the Jim Click, homestead Ford are the title sponsors for the Ford event. This is the oldest uh, Ford Mustang Club. The Southern Arizona F- Mustang Club is the oldest club in the world. The oldest Mustang Club in the world. And they have a show right now on Fourth Avenue. And who does it benefit? Uh, benefits uh, Blake Foundation, Easter Seals. That's right. Yeah, so uh, it, it, those are so Ford...
0: all Ford, Lincoln, Mercury trucks, rods, and classic vehicles yeah, were they welcome.
1: They're gorgeous down there.
0: That's very cool. And yeah. also, what do we have starting today? Started today at 9 o'clock, goes from 9 to 5. Is thunder and lightning over Arizona, the air show and open house? Absolutely. So look up in the sky; you're going to see some amazing stuff today. Now, are there any heritage
1: heritage planes in that show? Do you know? You know, I don't
0: know. I do not know. Because those
1: planes are awesome to yes, watch. Yes,
0: they are fun to watch. Um, the workshop, the workship project uh, today start starts today. There's tons of stuff going on with the workship project. Where folks are helping feed between 100 and 300 homeless and disadvantaged Tucson's at the Z Mansion downtown. Please uh, go check that out. We've got the Spring Ikebana Festival, which is the Living Flowers, one of Japan's most time honored arts and uniquely emphasizes shape, line, and form by giving equal weight to all stems and leaves of a plant. Super duper cool. And that's at the Yumi Japanese Gardens of Tucson, 2130 North Alvernon Way. Check that out. Of course, Fred, you mentioned the Festival of Books. The 32nd annual Old Fort Lowell Flea Market is happening. Started about an hour ago and is going to one o'clock. Goodness gracious, there's tons of stuff. The 34th annual Walk Pow Wow, which is happening. Tucson's largest gathering of Native American arts, crafts, food, and dancing. Is happening at San Javier Mission. So if you're heading out to that,
1: today, have a great time. Today is the last performance of Barrio Stories. Oh. And that's being performed all around the Tucson Convention Center, downtown Tucson. It's the world premiere of this piece, and it's uh, it's very interesting. It's it's the stories of the people living in downtown Tucson in that area, uh, Barrio Historico area, uh, before all the homes were taken out. To make way for the convention center. So wow, it's a little that... poignant to have those stories being told in the middle of that of that uh, facility. Isn't it
0: ironic? No, it's, it's nice. <laughs> we also have uh, live horse racing today. Dude, we got horse racing, car show, air show, book festival. Of Mice and Men is going on. Uh, at the ATC. We've got we the have... horse racing at the Rito. We've got the U of A baseball team. Playing Sacramento what, State it over was like High 20, Corbett.
1: 22 to 1 or something <laughs> yesterday. Boy,
0: they are on fire.
1: Yeah, and uh, don't forget the 4th Avenue Street Fair, March or April 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. Sundays in the Garden
0: Concert Series at Tohono Chul. By the way, what's our phone number, Fred?
1: Uh, 520-428-5104.
0: The first caller gets lunch or breakfast for two at the Garden Bistro at Tohono Chul because we are promoting the Jazz Trio featuring Mike Moynihan and uh, over at the Tohono Chul, Tohono Chul, Park. That's happening today between 1.30 and 3. So give us a holla and we'll buy you breakfast or lunch over at the Garden Bistro, our great friends the Heart & Box, our friends of the show. 428
1: 5104
0: And then we've got Classical Guitars in Concert, which is super fun. Three guitars from the U of A Lead Guitar Program will perform classical works written and for the guitar they've got uh holy cow box box suite in d major that's one of the pieces they'll be performing and that's happening at the dove of the peace lutheran church 665 west roller coaster that's today at two o'clock we have a desert trio snakes tortoises monsters happening at the saguaro national park west what else do i have here there's so folks there's so much stuff if you're sitting at home right now listening to my brother and i Thinking that there's nothing to do here in the old pueblo, you're wrong. Get out there and meet your neighbor. We got. We're gonna take our first break. We're gonna leave you with Fred sna- serenading.
1: this is like, it's like beat poetry. You say a phrase and then I go.
0: Oh, is that? Aren't you supposed to go? uh? no. <laughs> All
3: right, Snap folks. We'll finger. be back
0: for with more here on the friend Jeff show. This bit of the Fred and Jeff Show is brought to you by Unicom Graphics, Steel Door, and Sleeping Frog Farms.
1: This is Fred and Jeff Show. This is Fred Ronstein here with my little brother, Jeffrey. Hello. <laughs> and we are celebrating the people, the places, events, history, and culture that make living in Tucson and Southern Arizona so gosh darn wonderful. This, Fred, you this ukulele, I, I'm
0: embarrassed that you even brought this in.
1: Why? Because
0: it's not even. It's I told you it's not in tune.
1: Well, what did you just buy it
0: yesterday to to get a uh, to get
1: a twenty dollar bill from me? No, I've had it. You have? Yeah. Holy mackerel! Yeah, I've actually been inspired by our little cousin, Chocolate, Charlotte. Yeah. Um, who who plays it phenomenally, but she has you know just regular bear, or a regular ukulele, ukulele, and I got the baritone. Yeah. So keep talking, baby. No, I. I want to I want to hear, see you play something <laughs> I
0: will but I'll tune it I'll keep tuning it so so we're here in the old pueblo hanging out with our friends beautiful beautiful outside it was beautiful I had so much fun yesterday at the festival of books in my two my two uh I don't know panel discussions the first one yeah. with John Nichols who wrote uh jobless economy yeah. you know get re- people get ready yeah people asked amazing questions he scared the heck out of all of us so Fred do you know what the Number one type of work in America that men do—they get paid to do. Number one type of work: uh, driving. Correct. You were there. Either you read the book or you were there at the. I just know things. And you know what we're—you know what's coming down the pipe? Uh, automated vehicles, driverless cars. Yeah. So that was how John started, mm-hmm. and uh, and then it just kind of went downhill from there. But it was very a very excellent excellent lecture. And then in the afternoon, I did The Heirs of Robert B. Parker, three gentlemen who have taken over his four iconic characters, starting with Spencer, yeah. and, and, uh, and then they were amazing because you could tell these three gentlemen absolutely love what they're doing. I mean, they are so passionate about keeping these characters alive, right. and they do an amazing job, and there were tons
1: of people there. Yeah, so one of the, or one of the authors on my panel, uh, Ace Adkins... Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Ace Atkins as well. Yeah, so when he was, uh, we were kibitzing back and forth. What was email. your panel? Uh, what was, was the theme? You know, cr- uh, crime writing. Yeah, yeah. And uh, and <laughs> the first contact or first email he sent me back was, "Hey, you smoke cigars?" And so yesterday, after the after the event, he was, uh, you know, he, there was a uh, an author thing, and I went and picked him up, and, and uh, we went over to our friend George Go- George Jensen's house. And we sat and smoked for a couple hours, smoking cigars with one of the uh, premier artists at the festival. And
0: he's a big, tall kid from Mississippi.
1: Mississippi, yeah. Uh, yeah, great. Yeah.
0: He did. He, he had a great time yesterday. Yeah, he's a good guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, folks, get out there. There's so much to see at the Festival of Books. It is the fourth largest book festival
1: in the country. And actually, the first and only nonprofit book festival in the country of the of those top four they're the only ones that are non-profit so the the funds that they raise through sponsorships friends of the festival right uh that all goes to literacy programs uh here in pima county
0: awesome cool
1: (laughs) (laughs) so speaking of literacy literacy programs uh there is emotional literacy that we're gonna be talking about today Oh, interesting. I think. Discourse at least, amongst human beings. At least, at least what you uh, inferred in your text. Well, you know, the the interesting
0: thing about our show, and, and folks, if you've listened to our show at least once, you know that the goal for Fred and I is to get you out there talking with your neighbor and discovering all the things that make Tucson and Southern Arizona a great place. And it always starts with the people. That's right. Always. Yeah. I mean, the Sonoran Desert is beautiful. It's one of the most biologically diverse places in the world. But that aside, it's the people.
1: Right. And what we find. Well, and the healing monsters.
0: And and the scorpions and tarantulas. Yeah. And the roadrunners. Coyotes. Yep. Love them too.
1: Although coyotes, a pack of coyotes got my chickens.
0: No way. Yes. Really? So you're feeding coyotes now again? No, 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 no. You know that's one of my favorite stories of when you were on the city council. Is when one of your constituents called you up and said, "We've got a coyote problem in Tucson. We've got to do something with it about it." And you got the fish and game people involved. Fish and game came out. And what did they tell these people?
1: All the neighbors came in. Yeah. And and uh, the the fish and game people said. If you don't want coyotes, stop feeding them. <gasps> how, we're not feeding them. And they, they were all the neighbors. Like, how dare you? We don't feed these animals. And they're like, you have cats and dogs, don't you? <laughs> yes. You're feeding the coyotes. So, I mean, they're, they're part the, of our. They're part of our. Of our, our ecosystem. Of our, that's right. And they're in the washes. They're all over the community. And they were here first. That's right. So, and keep feeding them. Yeah, because roadrunners aren't here to take take them out. No. <laughs> So we've so, got some great guests today. Yeah, so uh, with us is Helen Gomez-Bernard, who is the Director of External and Alumni Relations with the College of Humanities. Welcome to the show.
4: Thank you. Helen, I'm glad, to <laughs> yeah, glad to be thanks. here. Yeah, thanks, thanks. And
0: we know that you've only got a limited time with us because you're going to race down to the Festival of Books and do whatever you do down there. But tell our listeners what the College of Humanities' mission is because I think it's a great mission.
4: Well... We are really interested, what we teach over at the College of Humanities is um, really getting students and the community to understand different cultures, different languages. You know, culture obviously involves so many different things, so um, literature, languages, um, Different countries, I mean, it just involves so much. Everything. Yeah. From and,
0: food to dance to language mm-hmm. to how we interact with each other. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, everything. The humanities are part of who we are.
4: They are. And one of the great things that um, we love to tout with our students is that they walk away with so many great skills you know, communication skills, uh, the ability to adapt to new situations, That's new huge. environments. Problem solving skills, all of these. Um. Sleeping
1: skills. <laughs> when I, when I, you know, it, re- humanities are required in at the U of A when you, when you get a degree. And so I took art history. Hmm. And it was wonderful because uh, it was in a cool auditorium. Was it in the Harville building? No, uh, with lights off. Uh-huh. And they were just showing slides of pictures and of, you know, old masterworks. And, you know, at the end of the class, you got a really good nap in. I got to tell you, Fred,
0: <laughs> I disagree with you. Uh, art history was one of my favorite classes. Oh you no, I loved it. Caravaggio, Just... all the masters. I love that stuff. So I always thought, See, this is how I, humanities this... is a bummer cuz all we're going to do is read The Odyssey or, you know, oh my god. This is some... how
1: valuable humanities was to me. I can now accurately answer any Facebook book quiz that comes along my in my feed about name a, it's like name the masters. Only f- 1 in 50 people could name all these Artists. I'm one in 50.
0: Wow. So you actually paid attention.
1: Yeah, I did. Cool. I got a couple naps. Well,
0: now. other than Fred giving you a hard time, the humanities are very, very critical to interaction amongst human beings. Yes. Positive interaction. Yeah.
4: And, you know, it's funny because to hear both of your different experiences, I think humanities means something different to everybody. So that's interesting to hear that because, you know, I was an English major. Um, my mom was from Veracruz. My godparents were from Marseille. So it's kind of like this.
0: So you had the United Nations working (laughs) at
4: Thanksgiving. (laughs) So this is what I'm passionate about. So, yeah. That's awesome. Yeah.
0: See, and we're lowly little Mexicans here from the Southwest. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, you know, we, but but I married someone from the East Coast. No, from the
1: South. Well,
0: the Southeast, right, Florida, but by way of Indiana. (laughs) So, yeah, the humanities help us all understand each other. They do. It's yeah. and it's very important. And you yeah, guys cause, have because we, expl-
1: we need somebody to explain baked bologna oh, from dude. the
0: south. You do not need to understand baked bologna, you mm-hmm. need to try baked bologna with a little bit of mustard, horseradish sauce. It yeah. is decadent. Yeah, it's not like how we grew up having bologna, Oscar Mayer bologna out of that
1: American cheese, peas,
0: and lettuce. Amer- yeah, dude, that's all it's a wonder we're still alive. <laughs> you know, we you remember how people say. You know, gosh, we didn't wear seatbelts, we didn't have airbags, and we well,
1: were, were fine. All those Twinkies, gave you know, all the preservatives in those Twinkies, that's why we're still so yeah. well-preserved. We
0: are very well-preserved, that's true. <laughs>
1: and full of cream filling. Yeah.
0: Well, speak for yourself there, big brother. <laughs> so you've got tons and tons of stuff going on in the College of Humanities. Yes, we give do. Us a, give us an idea of what, and all, all this stuff is open to the public,
3: right? It
4: is. It's open to the public at, uh, and you can find it all at humanities.arizona.edu. But um, we have the Poetry Center, which is part of the College of Humanities. They have poetry readings every Thursday, almost every Thursday. Um, Now, do
0: they ever do haiku readings? Because, Uh, you know, Fred is a a (laughs) haiku guy. Fred writes haiku. So could Fred come to the College of Humanities and, and perform his haikus?
4: I'm sure we could work something out. <laughs> there it is, Fred. <laughs> we'll, we'll put you in contact with Tyler. What if he plays <laughs> the ukulele? Oh well, then he's out because he cannot
0: play the ukulele. He basically bought this thing to give me a hard time. So that's cool. So you have Tuesdays. A Thursdays. Thursdays, Thursday's we have poetry, poetry
4: readings. Um, We also have all of our departments, um, which include all of the languages, religious studies, Africana studies. They have all of these events. Um, Do they have
0: Mexicana studies as well?
4: Spanish and Portuguese, yes. Uh And they will actually, yep, Poetry Center. um, They will be doing um, a reading with Alberto Rios, our Arizona Poet Laureate, on April 22nd.
0: Well, that's super fun. We want to have that person, Alberto Rios? Uh Uh-huh. He's a new poet
4: laureate. He, I believe, he's almost—it's almost been a year. Yeah. I think
0: yeah. So, so poet laureates only last for a year. They're—they're kind of like American cheese. I after that, you gotta. I
1: don't
4: know actually, the we, term. We've had—we
0: we've had, did have a poet laureate on the on the and show.
1: She was actually—it was sort of toward the end of her of her tenure. Yeah.
4: Well, the, the unique thing about Alberto is he was actually the first Arizona poet laureate. Really? Uh-huh. So okay, a, we got to get him like, on the show.
0: Maybe it was Tucson's poet. We had. No, we had the Poet Laureate, but this is, Fred, this is like three years ago. Yeah. So, yeah, we totally, can you, uh, yeah. you know anybody over yeah. there? You can, can get us a yeah. date.
4: He's very good friends with the Poetry Center. So, nice. Yeah, yeah.
0: So, cool, cool. So you got poetry?
4: We have poetry, and, um, well, our big event is actually in the fall, and it's Humanities Week, and we tackle some issue, and we have lectures all week long. Uh, sometimes it's Women in Humanities, sometimes uh, this year it's going to be sort of a theme around displaced people. Hmm. Um, and how It seems that, to be
0: a pretty common theme nowadays.
4: It is, yeah, and how it affects different cultures. What are the implications when a whole sh- group of people move? And what are the implications? Not only is the place they left, but the place that they go to. Right. So there's a lot of um, issues around that. But it's a great week. So that's actually October 10th. Um, so
0: now, up. is that the theme yeah. this year? Was that the theme? That is
4: going to be the theme this coming year. Wow! La- displaced people. Yes. Wow! 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 Mm-hmm.
0: So everything from immigrants to Rookie illegal age. aliens yes. to refugees—I mm-hmm. mean, everybody. That's crazy. Yeah,
4: and then it's been—you know—it's not just one country, one place, one time. I mean, it's been happening mm-hmm. forever. Forever. Well, so, yeah, coming
1: <laughs> for the potato famine. The
0: well, the Jews leaving uh, to the for the Holy Land. I mean, people move, Fred. No, my wife leaving Tampa to Tucson.
1: No, just, you don't think that there's
0: a lot of uh, cultural differences between the folks in Tampa and the folks in Tucson, but there is. It's no, crazy.
1: No, I think that those are odd people over
0: there. <laughs> 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 oh, I hope my wife isn't listening. She doesn't need more reasons to think you're a nerd. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'll provide as many as <laughs> you like.
0: All right, cool. So, but you, I, you also have a ton of other things that are happening.
4: I do, yes. Um, we also do, the Poetry Center actually does a bunch of family programming. Now, typically they do family days, which is for every th- kids from infancy to, I want to say, like 12 or 13. And just, I mean, stuff as simple as having the kids use an actual old-fashioned typewriter to... <laughs> do poetry and stuff like that. And the kids love it. super fun. My seven-year-old is dying for an old-fashioned typewriter now because of the Poetry Center. No (laughs) way. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. So they do those throughout the year. Um, They do our Lit Press uh, for teens, which is on April 30th. And it shows it's a way to help Parents and students learn how to do zines and literary magazines and stuff like that at school. Zines? Zines. What's a zine? Like a magazine. They call them zines. They call them zines? (laughs) Wow, these kids.
0: These kids today. These kids today.
4: And then they have book clubs that run usually every month, too.
0: And these are book clubs that anybody can get involved in?
4: Anybody can get involved, yeah. So all you have to do is look online, again, at humanities.arizona.edu. And there's a calendar of events, and they're all free and open to the public. The other thing that I should mention is we do have for retirees, we have Humanities Seminars programs, which are all taught by um, faculty at the U of A. And um, they have some fascinating, really fascinating classes. I think next uh, in the summer, we have Goya. Um, we've oh, done... I love Goya. <laughs> uh,
1: do you?
0: You like it? What, with like a little knockwurst and No, actually, uh, I was in the National Gallery.
1: And... This is a, a fun Goya story, is, is the Prime Minister <laughs> of Spain commissioned him to do two paintings. One called La, La Maya Vestida and the other La Maya Desnuda. Yeah. Same exact por- portrait. Except. One she's lounging with clothes and one she's lounging with, without. And the story was that publicly he would show the, the, the clothed version, but when he, when the doors were closed, there was a mechanism in the Prime Minister's office that would flip it around. <laughs> so we would have the, the, the nude. And now it was it was in the National Gallery in Washington DC. I'm sure it's back to Spain now. But That's it, cool. It's very cool. That's very cool. So you guys have tons and tons of stuff going yeah.
4: on. And those humanities seminars, the the summer classes actually registration opens on Monday. So now why are yeah. this
0: why is this only for retirees? Why can't nerds like Anybody Red and I go? actually
4: anybody can come to us. I shouldn't have said that. It, it can be anybody can go. Somebody like there are people my age who go. So in you their know. 20s, you're saying? <laughs> Not quite 20. But <laughs> <laughs> Double that. but Anyone um, can go is the point. Yeah, it's, They're great classes. So it's really for working professionals, frankly. Awesome. Yeah. That's or super fun.
0: So you just bring into the College of Humanities to our, our folks locally. Yes. All right. All right, folks. We'll be right back. We have tons more here on The Fred and Jeff Show, so stick around.
1: This portion of The Fred and Jeff Show is brought to you by Barker Morrissey Contracting, Ronstadt Insurance, and Casa de la Luz Hospice.
4: I'm Gun 9 on your side, Chief Meteorologist Aaron Christensen. Lots going on this weekend to be out and about. Saturday will be the cooler of the two days with a high of just 69 as a storm system rolls through. We'll see mostly cloudy skies in the morning, but by afternoon, mostly sunny. Sunday, we'll see full-on sunshine and a high of 76. You can check out the Gun 9 on your side. First warning weather anytime. That's at KGUN9.com.
2: We're just hearing of two terrifying attacks on innocent folks enjoying their Sundays. People were by swimming pools having lunch at three hotels at a southeastern Ivory Coast beach town when shots rang out, says a witness to reporter Tamison Ford, their ABC News partner, the BBC in Ivory Coast.
4: Friends who were there at different hotels uh, have told me that they heard the shooting, they heard... Um, Bang sound. Ivory
2: Coast government says that security forces have neutralized six-armed men. A large explosion in Turkey's capital, Ankara, leaves 27 dead, more than 50 others hurt, says the mayor. The blast was near a park at Ankara's main square. Donald Trump answers rival candidates who on ABC's This Week accused him of provoking violence at his rallies, saying nobody gets hurt. And we have fun. It's okay. We have fun. Trump, a few hours ago at a rally in Bloomington, Illinois. Surprise opener at a Bernie Sanders rally the past hour in St. Louis, Danny DeVito coming out saying, we need you, Obi-Wan, Bernie Sanders, Chuck Sieber. Hey, Fred,
0: did you know that Steel Door has been serving Arizonans since 1980? Yes,
1: Jeffrey. They're a family-owned and operated company with a 13,000-square-foot manufacturing facility right here in the old Pueblo.
0: Wow. I was on their website the other day, steeldoor.com, and saw they offer metal and wood doors and frames. And they manufacture and install custom-designed doors, too.
1: No job is too large or too small for these guys. Their Tucson warehouse is fully stocked with almost a half a million dollars of inventory. They even have odd profile, adjustable and steel-stiffened frames, pre-finished wood doors, fire doors, panic devices, and door closers in stock.
0: That must mean their average lead time is short, maybe 7 to 10 days. Fast production times... Great products locally owned and operated Steel door. Check them out folks at steeldoor.com or give them a call at 6241734.
3: At Barker Morrissey Contracting, our goal is to develop lasting relationships with each one of our clients. We measure our success on achieving that in the end. We offer the best possible combination of experience, integrity and commitment available in Arizona. The foundation of our organization is a commitment to meet our clients' needs from pre-construction services through project build and move-in. We have experienced, cohesive project managers who thoroughly analyze each project prior to construction. We do this to provide value engineering at the front end of the project while reducing time-consuming change orders during construction. We are confident that our collaboration with you will result in a successful project that will exceed your expectations. Barker Morrissey Contracting. Straightforward, honest, and reliable. Call us at 323-3831 to set up an appointment. That's
2: 323-3831.
4: More Weekend FYI on one zero four one KQTH, Tucson's News and Talk.
2: Now, time for more of The Fred and Jeff Show.
1: This is The Fred and Jeff Show, or I should say Weekend F-R-I. (laughs) FYI. (laughs) FYI. You're so funny. And we are celebrating... The people, the places, the events, history, and culture to make a living in Tucson and Southern Arizona so gosh darn wonderful. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> we invite people to visit us at friendjeff.com, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and even subscribe to this tome of wisdom and entertainment on iTunes, Tuna Radio, and something addict. Podcast addict. Podcast addict. <laughs> Correct. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so it's apropos that you're sitting there playing... A musical instrument, the baritone ukulele, because my baritone ukulele. Your U- baritone. You owe me twenty bucks, and they collected <laughs> because it's you know our family history in, is very intricately woven with musical culture. Oops.
0: Yes, very interwoven. And
1: in the early days,
0: we would sing songs for pennies on the street corner.
1: That's right. <laughs> I remember when you and I were in diapers, and you sit on. <laughs> oh
0: my God. Uh, who was that Street. uncle that would come over to our house on my on mom's side of the family and he would say, Hey Effie, Effie, sing raindrops and I go, Raindrops or fallout? And he'd give me like fifty Gabe. cents. A- ah, that wasn't Uncle Gabe. nickel. it was, that was, a nickel. That was, it was a nickel. No, I, I think I got a quarter. I was that good. Really? I got a quarter back in like in nineteen seventy two, quarters a lot of money, friends. Yeah, that's right. So yeah. Yeah. so yeah. So yeah, so we'd sell Peanuts and Popcorn at the Toros games at High Corbett. Yeah. We would sing for quarters when the uh when the relatives came over. Right. And of course we would sing for the nuns at St. Peter and Paul. Yeah. We were we were very musical twi- duo, weren't we? Yeah, and then uh yeah. Yeah. And then you lost your hair, I got fat and all went everything went to hell. <laughs> <laughs> Just kidding. Sorry, Dad. <laughs> Trying to be nice to each other.
1: <laughs> all right, but the 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 point I was getting to is that music, entertainment uh, all help to round out. Yes, round out. life. And yes. with us today, we have Helen Gomez-Bernard, who's Director of External and Alumni Relations with College of Humanities. And she's been talking about all the programming out over the college, which actually is quite extensive and available to anybody. And you don't have to be a student. You can just be a member of the community and, and wander in. And it's like my favorite beer. It's free. <laughs>
0: That's true. You know, it's so I mean, the College of Humanities. Again, we we like to refer to to folks like you that are doing amazing things in the community, that not a lot of people may know about is one of those hidden gems, mm-hmm. and you brought with you today someone who we're gonna we're gonna wait till we Fred likes to refer to people as iconic Tucsonans, but let's see how it goes today, with who, this nice gentleman you brought. Who you want to give us an introduction?
4: I brought Albert Wilter. He's the uh, director of East Asian Studies, and um, they have so much going on this spring. <laughs> I'm going to let him kind of
0: Hi, Albert. Hi. Talk. Are you related to Jim Welter?
3: Well, I have a lot of cousins,
4: but, uh, and there
3: may be a Jim Welter there, but none in Tucson. I oh,
0: darn know. it, because he owes me 20 bucks. I figured <laughs> I might get it from you.
3: So where are you from? <laughs> uh, well, that's, a, that's an interesting question itself. I was born uh, in Oregon. Uh, I spent a lot of time in Canada, spent time in Japan. Uh, Spent time in China, so I've been um, kind of a you know typical um, academic vagabond, I guess you might say. Now,
0: what what drew you to the Middle East, or excuse me, the Far East? The Far East, yeah. The Far East, yeah. Uh,
3: well, um, <laughs> it's kind of a long story, but the short version is is that when I was at university, um, talking about humanities, uh, uh, one of the re- one of the I was a business major originally. And we had to take a required course in a non-Western culture, so I took East Asia, East Asian culture, and I, I was just just fascinated. as a, just
0: as a lark, just as well. well that I, looks Well, you know, I, an was, AMA, I was
3: an undergraduate in the 1970s. Uh, it was a um, an interesting time, shall we say? Well, I mean, that's the, a colloquialism for LSG. Tell us, Fred. <laughs> You, you might have to speak for yourself on that one. I don't know <laughs> <laughs> He usually does. Uh, well, it was the, kind of the tail end of the Vietnam War, so there was lots of interest in, in sort of Asia and why. You know, and I had a lot of interest because, you know, um, my f- my father fought in the Second World War in the Pacific uh, Theater, so um, there were uh, there was a Korean War. There, there were lots of wars in Asia, and I, was kind, of, uh, I kind of wondered. I said, what's going on? What's going on, you know? Sure. And so when I took the course, it's kind of like, wow. I mean, there was so much beneath the surface that um, I, I thought that, uh, you know, myself as a typical American, you know, 20-something, really didn't know anything about. So I kind of got interested in that, and I came I came to Buddhist studies really th- through the back door because I was interested in Asia, and all of a sudden I, s- I ended up uh, taking these courses on Oh, I guess I call intellectual history Asian intellectual history and I was kind of gravitated toward uh, Buddhism the next thing I knew I was in studying Chinese language and
0: so you you were so enamored with that one class that you hopped a plane and went to Japan
3: well no it was more of a gradual evolution than that I took that one class and I thought well I'm gonna explore more so I began to take more history courses okay then the next step was I thought well Maybe I should, uh, I'm kind of interested because in studying the language, because I realized that, um, you know, I could learn a lot through English. But unless I learned the language, I could never really, um, you know, come close or come to grips with it. Then I I was in graduate school before I hopped the plane. And uh, my advisor, uh, who was Japanese, he said, well, I think you need to go to Japan. And I just said, sign me up. (laughs) <laughs> right. Did you go to teach English as a second language, or? Well, I went. No, I went as a graduate student as part of my graduate program. I did teach English as a second language to to help earn money while I was there, but that's not the the reason um, that I went. Uh, it's know, just a side story. Day. Yeah. Well, and it's interesting because when I was in Japan, this was again kind of in, uh, late '70s and early '80s, there were no. Virtually no foreigners there, except of course maybe U.S. on the on the military basis, right. U.S. military personnel. But in the, you know, I used to say I was in Tokyo and I would go around a city of over ten million people. I could ride the subway all day and never see another white face. No
0: kidding. And um, not even from any other country. Not yeah, from any n- other not country. Australians, Canadians, no, Canadian, no, 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 and the, Europeans.
3: That, you see, that was before. I don't know if you're you're old enough to remember. There was the. You know the uh, kind of the economic tension with Japan that occurred mostly in the l- later part of the 1980s there was this kind of Japan as number one phenomenon I don't know I don't know if you remember that that there was this um, sense that maybe Japan was going to usurp the position of the United States in the world it seems odd now you know 20 or some I years later
1: I like like, vaguely remember like tariff wars and yeah there were trade wars a lot right. of trade wars that mm-hmm. was
3: that was part of the same period but then when I went back to Japan, like in the late 80s, it was transformed. It was all of these uh, uh, McDonald's, MBAs. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> or, and, and so I, I could hardly get in a subway car without another uh, Westerner on the, on the subway car. So yeah. it, was, it, it had been completely transformed. And I think if you go to Japan today, you see it's some continuation of that. There are lots and lots of foreigners there. Uh, Isn't that one of the
0: big issues with Japan right now is they're, they're trying to fight to maintain their culture? Because they've had such a foreign influence over the last couple of decades? Well,
3: that's been an issue since the dawn of modernization in Japan, which would have been in the late 19th century in, in 1868 when the, they call it the Meiji Restoration, which was really kind of a revolution in which they, uh, uh, under the guise of the Meiji Emperor, they instituted a number of reforms uh, based on Western-based institutions, education, legal systems uh, you know, uh, political systems and so forth. Um, so that's been an ongoing tension beneath Japan. And I would say in a lot of Asian, o- almost all Asian countries around the world that kind of, uh, rises to the surface periodically. And in most, uh, um, um, you know, most notably in the case of Japan, you know, led to the Second World War. Right. Right. Uh, and since then, you know, it's, it's kind of under the surface and s- er, and remains under the surface. I think... You know, as I, when I talk to my Asian friends, you know, because they are always kind of interested in Westernization, because how can you not be interested in, in uh, the, the influence of Westernization in their, in their countries? Sure. They, it's, it's kind of an unescapable fact. And so they're, they're kind of interested in it, but they find this idea of um, uh, individualism, and, um, you know, as, as it expresses itself in democracy, as much as some of the, you know, my friends may be attracted to it, they find it a little bit alien. It's a, a because, and I say to them, well, it, you know, for us, it's part of the air and the water we breathe. It grew out of our tradition. Sure. Kind of naturally, organically. But for them, it's a, it's not. It's a kind of a transplant that they're trying to kind of graft on. And and, and how do they
0: feel? I mean, what what is it, when how we see that individualism, how does the Asian culture how do they see?
3: Well, you know, it's it, my first reaction is it's hard to say who the they are because the they, as you can imagine, in any country run a huge gamut. Oh, you right. mean yeah, Koreans but, and... Well, no, and even within a particular country.
1: Okay. Yeah,
3: even within a particular country, there there's such a wide range of reactions. People, some people
1: embrace it. Some people exactly. are very yeah, upset. Lots
3: lot of things. But, you know, I come down to... Um, you know, I teach a, um, a course, uh, I'm teaching a course this semester on Confucianism of all things, which I don't want to get into, but just as there's, <laughs> <laughs> this Confucian- I mean, I'm here to talk about something. Yeah, that but, Fred owes but, me 20 bucks. But there's one virtue in Confucianism, it's, the, it's called Ren, and it's, it's hard to translate. It's usually translated as humanity or humaneness or benevolence. But the char- Chinese character is composed of two parts, and this is very hard to illustrate on a radio show, but... <laughs> oh, our, our <laughs> listeners are incredibly yeah, intelligent. Yeah, yeah. Well, we'll get on the left-hand side is, is the, the, uh, the character for... Uh, on its own is a character for a human being. On the right-hand side is the number two. The idea is that to be human, um, you have to have two people you have to exist in a uh, kind of a relationship a human relationship there is no idea of, um, of a human being a kind of an essential human being with, say with a soul that uh, um, exists integral to itself you know that exists aside from that so unless you have a kind of a community Going on, there is no s- definition of humanity. Humanity oh, is caught up with the idea of community. So this this kind of idea is, is sort of intrinsic to East Asian cultures, and so you can imagine the idea of, you know, of uh, uh, democracies based on individual rights and individualism and so forth is a rather alien concept. As again, as it it's as wild, attractive as it may alien. be, yeah, as attractive as it may be to many people, because mm. I mean, I mean, it's not as if they don't see. Um, certain kinds of uh, attractive features and sure, quality. Sure. sure.
0: So, we, you've got some cool stuff going on, and we want to take the next step to yeah. to what you're yeah, really say, here to, but we've got to take a break. Okay. So, we're going to take a super fast break, and we're going to spend the rest of the hour talking about <laughs> this amazing lecture series. So, folks, stick around for more here on the Jeff Show. <laughs> Portion of the Fred and Jeff Show is brought to you by Anthony Cigar Emporium, Power Women Investing, and Mayfield Florist. Now, time for
2: more of the Fred and Jeff Show.
1: This is Fred and Jeff Show. This is Fred Rosten. I'm here with my little brother Jeffrey. Hola, chukchon. And we are celebrating the people, the places, the events, history, and the culture that make living in Tucson and Southern Arizona so gosh darn wonderful. That is exactly right, Fred. And one of the things that makes our community so gosh darn wonderful is its cultural diversity and the celebration of all sorts of things uh, from around the world. And with us today is Albert Welter, who's uh, the F- a food PhD over <laughs> at the East Asian Studies Department at the uh, College of Humanities. And we were talking about your uh, spiritual migration uh, Mm -hmm. through Asia and and, uh, it's sort of been a road that's now led us to a really cool series uh, lecture series that you got going
3: yeah yeah thanks thanks a lot um first of all i'd like to say it's it's a real pleasure for me to be here to to talk about that what we um thanks Ooh. albert yeah <laughs> nice of you to say <laughs> no one ever says that they leave what? here like crushed well, yeah how, like a beat dog and we feel so bad for how them how come <laughs> i have this card in front of me that says that i should say that no
1: <laughs> <laughs> Shh, don't no, give away don't, oh, secrets. I wasn't to <laughs> say no that. you don't get the five bucks now <laughs>
3: So tell us about this lecture series. Well, first of all, I'll backtrack a little bit. Uh, Buddhist studies at uh, the University of Arizona has actually been going on uh, in in, in the East Asian Studies Department for a long time, for decades. But I think what's happened in the last few years is there's been a number of new hires and there's been a kind of a a new coalescing of interest around Buddhist studies uh, at the University of Arizona um, spanning several departments, East Asian Studies, Religious Studies, uh, Department of History, Department of English. Uh, I've got some people interested in philosophy. So um, we uh, initiated last year a Buddhist studies lecture series. Uh, because as you may know, there are lots of uh, Buddhist groups in Tucson, Buddhist yeah. practice groups in Tucson. Yeah. So we thought there w- <coughs> there was probably an interest. We knew that there was an interest at the university, but we also thought there's probably an interest among certain members of the community to kind of further their understanding of Of Buddhism, the Buddhist Studies lecture series actually has two prongs to it. One is what I would call a kind of a contemporary Buddhism series, where we bring in uh, renowned, famous Buddhist practitioners, leaders of Buddhist groups, to give lectures. And we, uh, the other part, is more of an academic um, component, in which we uh, try to bring in leading uh, figures in Buddhist studies from around North America, and hopefully eventually around the world.
0: Now, who's this, of, of the two prongs, yep. this gentleman, the venerable, and that's where I have to leave it, how do you pronounce this gentleman's Wong name?
3: Wangchen Rinpoche. R- Wangchen Rinpoche. Venerable Wangchen Rinpoche. He's a, a Tibetan Buddhist uh, master. He was born in uh, northern India in a place called Darjeeling. Um, he entered a monastery, when I believe, when he was around seven years old, and he wow. eventually... Um, received transmission from his master. So he's a, uh, what they call a lineage holder. He's someone, you know, I suppose the, the best comparison would be uh, a kind of uh, like in in the West we have in Catholicism you have the papacy the Pope right. and it gets tran- transmitted down from one uh, leader to the next one Pope to the next so he belongs to a fairly major Tibetan Buddhist group and he is the lineage holder in that group he travels all around the world actually he's based in Los Angeles but he tra- he has um, uh, a lot has a lot of activities in China um, and also he recently in came. China.
0: Yes. So now, does he answer to the Dalai Lama?
3: Well, his connection with the Dalai Lama is not a direct one. So, and you know, the thing is, the Tibetan Buddhist community, I think there's a, a perception that it's m- maybe more u- unified than it actually is. There are lots of different denominations within, within that group. So, yes, and it's interesting your question, but you see there are lots of Tibetan Buddhist communities in China. Uh, it's just
0: the Chinese, they, they, they're not too happy with the Dalai Lama. The Dal- exactly. Okay, exactly. but the Chinese are okay with the, the Buddhist mm-hmm. Tibetan community as a whole?
3: Well, so long, you know, the, this is interesting because it's, we're getting into kind of religious policy in China and Ch- china has actually that under the current government has no uh problem with the practice of religion so long as it follows the guidelines of the communist party so as, as long as the representatives have allegiance show allegiance to the uh, communist party they're allowed to practice a- under communist party oversight okay? okay that's very important right so so um in the, in these kinds of cases so any group that doesn't have the kind of uh seal of approval of the party is um officially not uh recognized recognized exactly and you know the government in china they they have uh, more uh, they exhibit uh, more or less tolerance toward these groups but of course if these groups you know uh, become very public in their practice and it is deemed to be in opposition to the uh, parties, um, principles, and goals. Then they will crack down on them. Interesting. Yeah. So this
0: gentleman is in China practicing a bunch.
3: Well, he goes to China. He has he he, he uh, is affiliated with uh, um, a, a few different monasteries in in China, and so he's, not a, he's not
1: a displaced leader like the Dalai Lama. No, he, no, he's not.
3: Uh, anyway, we'll find out more when he comes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, we're looking for he's he's going to be giving. Um, a lecture uh, which we're very excited about on March 22nd next week two no, we- in two yeah. weeks in two weeks yeah, in two weeks at uh, at three thirty, 30 at the Poetry Center College of Humanities Poetry Center um, and so he represents his talk is going to be on Buddhist compassion okay which is uh, compassion is a major um, theme in, in, in the in, in the Buddhist tradition sure. and uh, and actually, when I was t- spoke with him, I said, I suggested that maybe in in the world that we're living in right now, that maybe compassion was not a bad theme because we're, you know, we're, of course, we see the, the current political climate. Oh, gosh, we talk very, about uh, that all
0: the time. Yeah, Very about, rancorous and so forth. Yeah, I mean, yeah. how the left and the right throw rocks at each other. And, well, and
1: everyone's just throwing rocks. Yeah. I mean, who yeah. the target is. Well, that's just, a good point. They're just throwing rocks.
0: Yeah, so compassion is a very wonderful thing yeah. to talk about and yeah. explore.
3: Um, and so, in addition to that, um, the the second lecture in the series is on the on the also on the second prong. It's more the more academic, and we are very fortunate to have uh, Lewis Lancaster uh, coming. Lewis Lancaster is. Oh, I don't know how I would say he's been. Uh, he, you know, he's in his eighties now, but he was the head of the uh, Buddhist Studies Program at the University of California, Berkeley, for a number of years. A number of years. He's the professor emer- emeritus there. He was the president of the University of the West, which is a Buddhist university in uh, Southern California. Um, and he still has affiliation with them. But so he knows his stuff. Yeah. Uh, if anybody, uh, if I can think of. Any name of a a, a Buddhist study scholars in the U.S. Um, the most prominent one would probably be Lewis Lancaster. He's yeah. been around for decades and been active for decades. Wow. So
1: I, I just out of all curiosity, people who study Buddhism, mm-hmm. do they ultimately become Buddhists? Well, I think it depends on the person. But, it's, but it seems like once you start going down that that path, yeah, it's it's fairly attractive.
3: Yes, it is. I think one of the things, one of the concepts that I would throw out um, is you, you, you know, you know, Buddhists are also run a sort of a gamut of um, you know um, their commitment. Um, and I think one of the categories that I like that has uh, arisen recently is this idea of a kind of a maybe a cultural Buddhist, because we have a lot of people who are interested in Buddhism. A lot of my students, for example, are interested in Buddhism. They read about Buddhism. But they never maybe officially uh, connect with a Buddhist group or organization. You know, you know what I mean? They never, you know, and I mean, or or they may have some kind of slight acquaintance with it, but they don't have any kind of official uh, connection with it. So. yeah, I think so. The, the, they're you know they're 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 that type of people who have a kind of a strong interest in Buddhism because the actual if you look at uh, for example the Pew Institute does uh, statistical uh, studies on religious affiliations and, and you know Buddhists in North America are are kind of well not, not very many there yeah. aren't very many that are official but they're uh, on the other hand they're quite prominent I right
1: but the uh, my my you know. Yeah what I'm, what i'm seeing observing is that there's a lot of mindfulness mm-hmm. training, oh meditation a lot mm-hmm. of you know compassion training and uh, I, I guess maybe people aren't connecting the dots they go to the training but they don't understand the, the underlying mm-hmm. you know the foundation of where that's all coming from
3: what what i what i would say in agreement with you it's hard to study buddhism uh, seriously and not have it affect you Right. right. You, you yeah, know, I mean, you, it's hard to walk away and uh, not not be affected by it. But I would say that, that that's probably true of a lot of uh, religious traditions. But So but there's
0: more have... information on this series at is it at the College of Humanities webpage? It's yeah.
4: humanities.arizona.edu. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah. And we'll link it on the Friend Jeff show website and it and it kicks off March 22nd mm-hmm. at the Poetry Center. Yes, so and the, is it free? Is it free? Chart? No, it's free, free to the public.
3: free. The second one's April sixth um, at the uh, student union in the Kiva room. April sixth from four to five. Yeah, th- these are free events for the public. Well, and
0: one thing I want to stress is the poetry center. I think you can jam a couple hundred people in there, but probably not a lot more.
4: Um, we could do probably a couple hundred. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> if you if, if I'm you, fire marshal won't do right.
0: <laughs> so folks, if you want to go, it it's it's it's, it's a free event. Um you got to get down there early. Mm -hmm. And for more information, once again, Helen?
4: Humanities.arizona.edu.
0: Awesome. Guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. Thank you. We really appreciate you you guys and what you're doing in our community. Teaching those kids compassion, it's fabulous. Fabulous. So, Fred, good job. Uh, I owe you 20 bucks because you brought an ukulele. That's right. And folks, get out there and make it a great week. We'll talk to you some more here on (gasps) Friend Jeff Show. See you next week. This portion of The Fred and Jeff Show is brought to you by Sleeping Frog Farms and Fred's Meditation Salon and Tequila Lounge.